This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowley Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome in to Winner's Take. As always, I'm your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. If you want to check out any of our stuff, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. Find some of his work at pregame.com. Want to go back, since it's been a minute since our last uh, Winner's Take pod, we actually did go 2-0 and on our Major League Baseball best bets, up about 1.83 units or so uh, on the day. <laughs> Starting to uh, really find our stride here in the month of June in Major League Baseball, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it's baseball is funny. There's like several different seasons within a season for, for betting. You know, you got the first quarter of it where you – uh, don't really know who's who and, and, and it's a little tougher. And then you got this part of the season that, you know, it's fairly easy. Everybody's still trying hard and you got some, some data and whatnot. Then you get after the all-star break and it kind of goes to, well, are they buyers or sellers and what do they got left? And of course, then you got the last quarter of the season where it's really difficult because you don't know who's even playing until the lineups are out, which I am a fan of waiting for the lineups, but, we can't for our purposes, so let's just give out the winners. Yeah, I'm looking at each of our months here, April, May, and now halfway through June. We have gotten better every month so far. Yeah, I mean, I think that stands to reason. I, I don't know where I personally stand, but I, I I feel like I've been better. I don't I, I try not to look at those numbers. They'll just they'll either disappoint you or they'll inflate your ego bigger than it needs to be. One day at a time, my friend. <laughs> let's recap kind of where we're at nba is over you have obviously college basketball is over we have baseball that's creeping into the middle of the season you have golf that's now actually as we record this on a thursday they're already playing their third major of the year we're starting to uh get to that uh summertime where there's not a ton of sports going on yeah well that's why i've been making a fair bit i have more time now obviously so i'm 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 already handicapping the NFL and and already took a look at next year's NBA odds and and some college football win totals. So, you know, even though we're not betting, I mean, this is a good time of year to do sort of look ahead work instead of taking it easy, which, you know, I, I can't do that. I have to be doing something. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking at all that stuff, even though they're not playing. So we are recording this winner's take. It's June 15th. It's a Thursday. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Major League Baseball slate for later today on this Thursday. We're also going to be going through some of the games on the MLB slate for June 16th, Friday. Uh, I know, Dave, you mentioned that you had some NFL and college football futures, maybe some NBA Finals futures. We'll see what we can get to. Let's jump right in here to our June 15th. It's a Thursday, same day we're recording. Start with our very first game that you want to look at. First one here, 620 Central Time first pitch, Colorado Rockies going to Atlanta to take on the Braves. You have Kyle Freeland on the mound for the Rockies and A.J. smith Shaver on the mound for the Braves here. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for this one? Yeah, I mean, I haven't fared very well this year with like the call-ups, if you will, pitchers, no matter how highly touted they've been coming out of the minors, so... You know, for that reason, I'm leery of Smith-Shaver. But, you know, like a lot of guys this year making 
to the quantum leap is only a, a dozen triple A innings, but that's what he's doing. It's not his first start though, but he's minus two forty, which I mean, in reality, that's kind of steep. But you know, we know the Braves played two in Detroit yesterday. Rockies played late that was a rain delay in Boston last night. So it's a little bit of a tough spot for both of them. Uh, both pens were either used and or abused the last couple of days. So I'm inclined to take them out uh, just because there's far too many variables. And, you know, since Atlanta hits left-handed pitching well, uh, well as well as anyone, really, I'd probably go Braves first five on the run line. Um, but to be fair, I'd love to see the Braves lineup be after, so after the doubleheader yesterday. I mean, I know Acuna played both games and, and, you know, he tags Freeman pretty good. So Freeland just gives me pretty good. So, um, Knowing what I know right now, I would probably take the Braves' first five on the run line. So I actually wrote a couple of things down. The first one I wrote down, just because it felt like, you know, Kyle Freeland is a really weird splits pitcher where he's actually pitches better in Colorado. And obviously, obviously this is in Atlanta. Plus, we already know that the Rockies' bullpen isn't great and the Braves crush lefties. That just feels like there's going to be a ton of runs just in general. And, you know, the Colorado team isn't necessarily known for scoring. I almost felt like the Braves and all the runs felt too easy. And we just know that Colorado isn't the greatest team once you take them out of Coors. So I actually looked at the under nine and a half. It felt a little high, especially because Kyle Freeland has thrown the ball quite well his last couple starts. And Smith Schauber uh, has never been seen by Colorado. So I actually, I looked at an under and then I looked at... uh, Colorado on the run line for the game just because the Braves did have to play two games and we don't know what we're getting with this uh, basically a rookie pitcher. So uh, I looked at the run line and I looked at the under. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that. I mean, a little known fact that Kyle Freeland, uh, I haven't tracked it this year, but for the last two years, he was a dead nuts first five under pitcher. Now there's people that are still betting that because I mean it was a it was an astronomical number of first five hundreds with him so you know that would if that's the case that would lend a little more credence to your bet so yeah I I don't I don't disagree with that I I do want to see the lineups but yeah theoretically I think you're probably right and just in general you have the Braves playing two games they're probably a little bit tired especially I know you mentioned Acuna played uh, Harris played both of the games. And the Rockies are, you know, coming down from Boston. And you mentioned how there was a rain delay. So this could be two tired teams. Uh, number one for me was the under. Yep. I don't disagree with that. I don't see it. I don't see it hitting 10 runs for sure. Now from going to one game on the under, looking at our second game here for the Thursday slate, 7.05 Central Time. This is national TV, FS1. Los Angeles Angels traveling to Arlington to take on the Texas Rangers. Shohei Otani on the mound for the Angels. Nathan Evaldi on the mound for Texas. I'm actually on the over here. I like the over. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I know. I noticed last night and, and a little bit this morning that that line seems to be headed towards the Angels. Uh, my first lean when I saw the matchups was that way, so that kind of usually worries me a little bit, but you know, um, the Rangers have given up at least one and sometimes three home runs in eight straight games, and that was a big reason why I like the Angels. Uh, and also the rematch angle, you know, Edivaldi 
shut the Angels out for eight innings about a month ago. I think on one hit. I mean, it was it was pretty good. And you know, for as good as Otani is, he's given up some in every game but one. So I do lean to the Angels. I think their pen is better than the Rangers uh, in the last week or so. Anyway, let's not make a a general statement here, which also makes me also think that the under has some merit, but. You like the over. I'd love to hear why. Yeah, so I actually lean with the Angels as well, and it's basically the same thing that you said. Otani, you know, he's already seen him, and he didn't necessarily pitch the best. So I think the the fact that there could be a flip there is valid. But the reason why I like the over here is when Shohei Otani gets hit, it's interdivision. Well, Texas checks that box. They've already, you know, they've already seen him before. Uh, this is one where Otani just hasn't been pitching very good the last month. Like looking at his numbers, uh, he's been much worse the second month than it was the first month. And I look at Evaldi; he threw eight innings against the Angels less than a month ago and shut them out. I think there could be uh, some regression there. And you already mentioned how the Texas bullpen. Uh, that I mean the. Bullpen's not good in Texas. Uh, I think all of that, I know you've said this before, but all we have to do is have two good hitting teams get both get to four and we got to push. So, yeah. and then we're yeah. going to get a win. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm staying away from the total, but I, uh, I, I am, I am behind your logic. And now uh, looking at our third game for the Thursday slate, we're actually going to go to, the late night West Coast, 9-10 Central Time first pitch. Chicago White Sox taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dylan Cease on the mound for the White Sox. Michael Grove for the Dodgers. Uh, this one I actually gave out on the morning show, Dave. Yeah, well, I figured you did because you texted me and wanted to add this game to our slate. So I'm figuring I should just give you the stage and, and bet my mortgage on whatever you like. But. I will tell you what I think. I mean, the market's clearly on the White Sox. Uh, they beat Kershaw last night. The Dodgers' pen really isn't backable right now in their current form. So, you know, if I did bet the Dodgers, it would absolutely have to be first five. And I get that Cease is capable. I get that L.A. doesn't see him. But the reverse is true. I mean, the White Sox haven't seen Grove either. And Grove is, is arguably the weakest link in the Dodgers' rotation. But it's still the Dodgers lineup, which is considerably better than the Chicago Bass. I cannot see L.A. losing back-to-back home games to a sub-500 team that's 13-22 and 22 on the road. I did think the White Sox run line was very doable. Um, I actually see a few eight-and-a-halves pop up in that total. Uh, it had been nine. Uh, eight-and-a-half I might consider the over. Uh, but I can't bring myself to bet against the Dodgers. I, I get it if people want to. Uh, but I just can't get past, past the White Sox overall. You know, they lost two or three in Miami before this series. And, you know, they'd been on a 5-0 win streak prior. But, you know, back up the Turnick truck, three of those wins are at home against the Tigers. So, you know, I, I get why the White Sox might be the quote-unquote cool side, sharp side. I just can't go there. I mean, I can, uh, for full game, I can't anyway because of the Dodgers' pen. But. I think I might like the Dodgers in the first five. You might like the Dodgers in the first five. I actually liked and gave out the Chicago White Sox first five run line. Uh, Actually, this morning, it was minus 105. Now I think I looked at it. It was up to like minus 125. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, you kind of talked about it. Uh, Michael Grove is definitely the weakest link in the in the starting rotation for the Dodgers. And Dylan Cease, all of a sudden here, you look at his last four or five outings, take away one blow up. He's starting to look kind of like the guy that we uh, saw the last couple of years. So he's throwing the ball better. And you mentioned the lack of familiarity. But Michael Grove, like this is kind of his first taste of big league baseball. He hasn't had too much familiarity with any teams that he's seen yet they're all hitting him. I know Chicago isn't a good baseball team. No one's going to confuse them with that. But they do have a winning record in their last 10, and the Dodgers are kind of scuffling in their last 10, just 3-7. and seven. So uh, I'm looking at it, and, you know, I think uh, I think getting that half a run, I will take it with Dylan Cease, especially because it's still pretty cheap just in general. Now, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't deny that at all. You're, you're, you know, you might be right. I just kind of ding Dylan Cease a little bit, but I mean, I know he's pitched a little better lately. But two of those starts were were Miami at home and the Tigers, so you know, um, he didn't exactly beat uh, Tampa Bay and you know the Yankees or the Rangers or some other team that's actually pretty decent. So you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold my, I'm gonna hold my guns, and you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it'll be a It'll be a scoreless game in the fifth, and we'll both win. Or I'll, I'll push, and you'll win. I was going to say, only only one can win here. Yeah. Well, you can go flashing around $100 bills that you beat the pro better. <laughs> That's an inside joke. That would conclude our Thursday, June 15th slate. Now, looking at the Friday, June 16th slate, First game you wanted to take a look at, Dave, 6-10 Central Time first pitch, New York Yankees traveling to Fenway to take on the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Domingo Herman on the mound for the Yankees and Tanner Houck on the mound for Boston here. Uh, what were you thinking looking at this game? Yeah, I mean, it's no secret these teams hate each other. and You know, I was inclined to like Boston at first glance, but the Yankees just saw Houck and you know, uh, they only they only had three hits. Two of them left the park, uh, and the Boston pens regressed lately and was used a lot in this uh, recent Colorado series. And you know, the Yankees are about a 500 team over the last three weeks. Lost at the Mets last night, but their bullpen's been lights out. And Herman pitched that same game that Hauk did. Again, uh, they pitched against each other a week ago, and he only allowed one through six innings. But like Hauk, that one left the park. You know, I guess in the end, I, I can't bet into the New York pen. So if it's a New Yorker to be first five, but without Judge and, and probably Harrison Bader, I can't get to the Yankees. Uh, but I also have trepidation with Boston. I mean, I always do. So I looked at the total, and the under looks painfully obvious, uh, but I think I'm going to go with the over, uh, and maybe in the first five, because then I can take out the Yankees bullpen, uh, because you know, three of the four hits these guys gave up last week left the park. But there's also the adjustments, so I think we'll see more than three or four hits. And if we see a couple that leave the park, they're likely to be with a runner or two on. So I think if I'm if I'm going balls in here, I'm going first five over. Dave, we might have been against each other with the Dodgers-White Sox game on Thursday. We are in total agreement here. Uh, right when I started researching this one, you mentioned it. Uh, both opposing pitchers saw the opposing team. In their last start, both looked really good. Um, I mean, Erman is is good enough. Hauk, not the greatest pitcher. 
the adjustments. I think the uh, first five over is the way to go here. Well, good. I'm glad we agree. We can put that to rest and, and bet a lot of money on it. I love it. Now, looking at the second game for the Friday slate, going to go to a 6:20 Central Time first pitch. Going to be the Colorado Rockies taking on the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Denelson Lamette on the mound for the Rockies. And we have Jared Shuster on the mound for the Braves. Yeah, I mean, this would be game two of the series. So, you know, we talked about their game tonight. But, you know, the Rockies have been playing better. And, and they did, you know, win three or four. And they finally started to score a little bit. Um, so Atlanta is not an obvious bet for me. You know, we talked earlier today about, you know, they got a rookie that's minus 240 tonight. And and, and that's even not factoring in tonight's game. I mean, here's the thing. Lamette hasn't been good in this first three starts. And I think that's a and that's a bit of an understatement, actually. But all three of those games were against the NL West. And you remember, he spent like five years with the Padres. So all those teams had seen plenty of him. And, and Schuster's not elite. Uh, he is left-handed. And from my memory of looking at a Rockies game against Boston, I think Colorado's next to last in OPS against lefties. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I believe I'm not. Um, but they got some runs off Paxton in Boston earlier this week. So all that makes this game for me harder than you would think. Uh, and I actually, you would think that over it would be a solid bet. But I think I'm going to go the other way here for the first five innings. I mean, I'm basing that on lack of exposure. The Rockies not being able to hit a lefty twice in a row. Uh, and I think Atlanta's pen will be a little more rested the travel Thursday, uh, Wednesday night to Thursday, Thursday to Friday. Um, I, I think I'm going to to uh, go ahead and take that first five bet uh, and, and uh, probably take the under. I mean, excuse me if I said over earlier. I just I, I'm just not. I think Lamette's better than people think, and I think Schuster isn't as is probably better than people think. But he's left handed. I don't think the Rockies will score. So I guess I bumbled that through, but I'm going to go with the first five under. Yeah, I really just I didn't like this game much. I mean, you, you talked about. Lamette's been hit and hit hard by pretty much everyone this year. Uh, you have another guy who hasn't been seen hardly at all. I kind of took probably the squarest play you could, and I just was like, eh, I'll throw down the Braves in the first five on the run line minus the half a run. So, yeah, I didn't – that one wasn't my favorite, I'll say that. Uh, you took the shortcut. I'm, I'm banking on my boy, Denilson Lamette, because – he, he, I told you, he, you know, he had that familiarity three games in a row. So I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say he's going to show you up. Now to our final game of the Friday Major League Baseball slate, uh, going to go to a nine ten Central Time first pitch, Apple TV Plus. We have the Chicago White Sox taking on the Seattle Mariners. Michael Kolpak on the mound for the White Sox. We have Brian Wu on the mound for the Mariners. Yeah, I mean, you know, Wu is one of those call-ups I mentioned earlier that I bet on this season when he came up with the minors and I, he got totally crushed. But, you know, in the minors, he had struck out 143 batters in 101 innings. So, you know, I realize a lot of that was below AAA, but, I mean, that's still pretty astronomical. Um, and having said that and seeing that he was somewhat better against the Angels than he was against the Rangers, I, I'm not going to rule out the Mariners yet. I mean, the Mariners are rested. Uh, we already know, we just talked about it, the White Sox are playing in Los Angeles Thursday, and, you know, L.A. to Seattle is not a short flight. Um, so I'm getting to Seattle, 
I'm often wrong on Kopech. Um, and his recent surge, I noticed, yeah, he's been better, but it's been against less than good teams. So I really love the under here, especially in a pitcher's park, but it's also Wu's first home start. So I'm going to give you the trifecta. I'm going to take the Mariners, the under, and Wu's strikeouts over. We're in agreement on at least one of the three, and I agree with your with your under here. I even went first five under just because Kopech has actually, the last month and a half, has thrown the ball really, really well. Wu, you mentioned how he actually looked better against the Angels. Uh, that was actually an MLB Network game. He did look a lot better. The guy definitely has, you know, nasty strikeout stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just think Kopak will be good enough, but I can't trust the White Sox pen. And I think Wu is going to continue to get better the more comfortable he gets on the mound and maybe has a little bit more, uh, you know, energy behind him, especially being his first home start. So I, I, I'm on board with the first five under between the White Sox and the Mariners. Well, cool. We agree on a lot of them, but that's probably not a surprise. We tend to look at things similarly, at least some of them. Yeah, so it looks like uh, – We'll definitely both be paying close attention to the uh, Thursday night game because, or I guess tonight's game, since we're recording here on a Thursday, between the Dodgers and the White Sox for bragging rights next podcast. Yeah, if I decide to do one, if I lose, I can always just not, <laughs> not open the Zoom meeting. All right, Dave. I know you said you were working on some NFL and college football props, maybe even some NBA finals props. So uh, what were you looking at here over the last week now that sports are starting to slow down? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 they are starting to slow down. Stop saying that. Um, <laughs> they might be not playing as much, but work doesn't. I'm going to tell you that I like the Mavericks for next, next year's NBA championship odds are out. The Mavericks are, are 17 to 1. And I look, and that's the sixth worst or best, if you will, Western Conference odds. Uh, is are the Mavericks the sixth worst team in, in the in the West? I, I doubt it. Um, Denver's favorite, obviously, but you know they didn't have the toughest pass to victory this year. I mean, I I think they played two eight seeds, a seven, and a fourth. So you know, I'm not saying Denver isn't any good. Denver wouldn't have won anyway, but you know they may be a little bit overvalued. I mean, they didn't exactly blow the Heat out in all those games. And you look at the other teams in the West. Lakers and Warriors, I mean, they're always overvalued because of the Lakers and LeBron and the Warriors and stuff. I get it. I mean, I think Dallas, they want to make some moves before next week's draft. So, I mean, you know, it's Cuban. They're going to try to win. They're going to get players. They're talking about a trade with Detroit and this and that. Um, Kyrie probably doesn't re-sign, uh, which doesn't bother me any. I, I think he's almost more of a distraction. Uh, they're going to be better next year. So, I'm betting an NBA thing, and I want the books to hold my money for a while. I like the Dallas Mavericks. Um, but I left the Bucks for you. The Bucks. I mean, here in Wisconsin, we're trying to figure out what the Bucks are going to do. I mean, you have uh, Middleton can pick up a player option. You have a lot of player options and a lot of guys like a Brooke Lopez of the world that are pretty good that are going to be free agents and commanding a lot of money. So uh, it might be a somewhat similar roster for Milwaukee next year, but uh, in two years, it's definitely going to look quite a bit different. Well, I'm sorry. Hey, as long as Giannis is good and around 35 years of age or younger, then they'll always be pretty good. They'll, they'll, they'll at least be, be shot. They'll always be competitive, you know. I think that the thing that people get frustrated by with a team is that when they, they you know, they don't try to continue to improve and, and are not competitive because 
you know, the owners are going to make money no matter what. So, um, you know, that's, that's where I would be. You know, if I was like the Oakland A's who are probably going to move to Vegas, it would be, you know, if they would stay there and, and just play like Billy, Billy ball and whatnot, I, I could probably love the A's. I did love the A's, but you know, they're, they're going to move to Vegas and, you know, that so nobody wants to go. I mean, I think the highlight of the game in Oakland the other night was the fans throwing all kinds of stuff on the field that they probably shouldn't have been. But, you know, all I want my teams to do is continue to try. Even the Patriots, you know, they're, they're not going to be what they were. We knew that. But they're continuing to try. You know, they're trying to – they sign people. They're trying to sign DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, that's all you really want. See, I've got my Bucks championship. It was the first – it took them 50 years to get it. I mean, in my lifetime – they were good in 2001, and then yeah. it took until 2018, 19. It was almost 20 years. So, uh, well, you know, speaking of Las Vegas, Rowdy, um, I looked at the Raiders' uh, win totals, and I love the under seven and a half wins there. I mean, I don't have any faith in McDaniels. I mean, just look at history. He fell on his face at Denver. He drafted Tebow in the first round. I mean, what's really changed with the, with the Raiders? You know, Derek Carr's out, Garoppolo's in. I mean, Garoppolo is largely unproven. I don't know that he's physically 100%. I tend to – Dyers is a nice pickup, but, you know, he's hardly an all-pro. Uh, Darren Waller's gone. You know, McDaniel says he wants to do things differently than he did in New England, but I don't see it. And I think he lost that locker room last year. And the Raiders also have the second toughest schedule. I mean, in their own division, they might not go 500. I mean, uh, I could get minus 9.5 at minus 650. I'd bet the farm on that. I mean, they'd have to go 10-7 and 7 for me to lose that bet or exceed their win total by three games. Um, you know, last year of the 11 teams with the most difficult schedule, only three went over their win total. I mean, that was the Jets, the Bengals, and the, and the Steelers for, for what it's worth. But I, I, I'm encouraging you to bet the Raiders under seven and a half wins. Yeah, I'm just thinking about this just in general. Um, you lose Derek Carr, who's clearly, I think purely as a skills and talent perspective, is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is just steadier. You know, he knows where to go with the football. He's he's a game manager. I think Carr is purely more talented. But Jimmy G isn't even 100% healthy. And then you lost your backup in Jarrett Stidham, who had been there for a couple of years. I mean, if, G, if Jimmy G can't play, who the hell is going to be the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I, just, I just don't get it. You know, I mean, they – they bring in your your boy Devontae Adams, and then you know they think everything's going to be okay. But you know, tell me, name me one team that's ever won with strictly a wide receiver, you know, an elite wide receiver. You know, you need more than that. You need you need an offensive line to protect the quarterback, so he can throw the ball to the wide receiver. I mean, that's all the wide receiver has to do is run and catch the ball. So I'm uh, I'm not high on the Raiders at all. Oh, there you go. So Dave likes in the NBA future. He likes the Dallas Mavericks. And then in an NFL future, he likes the Raiders under seven and a half wins for the upcoming season. Dave, we might as well shelf that college football future for next week. Let's uh, grab a couple of our major league baseball picks here for this podcast. I think we got to put the uh, Friday game of, between the Yankees and the Red Sox first five over since we both like that one and we're pretty confident in that one. I think we got to put that one down as a, a combination best bet pick. But uh, other than that, what were you uh, looking at? Well, I'm not going to make that one of my picks. If you want to, and since we both like it, we can. But if I'm putting my name on it, I'm going to give you the trifecta again. 
I'm going to take the Mariners, the under, and Brian Wu's strikeouts over. I'm going to give you all three. So Dave's going to put all three from the Seattle White Sox game on there. I think for a, a combination of the two of us, I'll go with the Yankees and Boston in the first five over. And then uh, just to be that guy, Dave, I think I'm going to take the uh, Chicago White Sox in the first five on the run line plus the half a run. And well, then I figured you I figured you would because you texted me and said you want to add that game. And I said, fine. I looked at it and I said, well, I know he's not going to take the Dodgers if he really wanted to do it. I mean, anybody can do that. So, you know, surprise, surprise. I know you better than you think I do. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to be cheering. I, I get it. I mean, it's like, that, you know, I get this. I'd like to, you know, we talked about before when I said I'm going to do, I'm going to make three bets in one game. You know, if you know, how the, if you think you know how the game's going to play out, you should know all those things. Now, it could be a White Sox 15 to one and who doesn't last an inning, but uh, I'll bet not. This podcast you know, jammed packed full with MLB bets. We have NBA finals bets after the NBA finals literally just got over earlier this week and uh, even some NFL. Yeah. We're going to get more into that. We're never going to let that sit. Like I told you, I know there might be, might be only baseball going on, but there's a lot going on. But yeah. You got the NBA draft, you got trades, you know, mini camps, OTAs, um, colleges have already had their spring games. I mean, it's go time, brother. And if you want any more content from Dave, you can go to pregame.com or you can find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. You want to find me on Twitter, it's at Rowdy underscore Razor. Uh, Until then, just continue to download the podcast, share it with friends, uh, like it, subscribe, maybe even uh, write us a review. But uh, until then, let's continue to make some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe.